If we don't have profit, we can't fuel our purpose. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today you're in for a real treat because I'm in for a real treat. Today I have Raj Aurora. Raj is with Jensen Hughes, and we're going to talk about the firm, his professional background, and most interestingly, how all of this ties into ESG. So, Raj, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Of course, Tom. I'm really happy to be here. Raj, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Sure. Well, I am a fire protection engineer. I'm a proud alumni of the University of Maryland, which has a premier fire protection engineering program. And I've always been in the risk and fire protection engineering industry. I've served it on many different sides. I started out in a family business with my father and my older brother, and we were doing mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire and security type of designs, specifically for airports. After that, I joined Tyco, which is now called Johnson Controls, and led a pretty significant products business for them and spent some time in Switzerland, which was really cool. Great life experience. And then finally from Tyco and Johnson Controls, I've come to Jensen Hughes and Jensen Hughes is the clear global leader in all things related to life safety, security, and risk-based engineering and consulting. So let me pick up on that last point. What is risk-based engineering, Raj? Well, risk, as many in the audience may know, is simply probability times consequence. Some people say likelihood times consequence. So risk-based engineering and consulting are all the facets of trying to assess the risk to ensure that the probabilities and the consequences are limited for our clients. And we help our clients prepare for emergencies help them mitigate losses, and then even respond and recover uh, while those incidents occur. Raj, many of the listeners to this podcast come from a compliance background, anti-bribery, anti-corruption compliance, anti-money laundering, perhaps export controls, and they're generally familiar with a risk-based approach of prevent, detect, and remediate. Is that similar to the risk-based approach that Jensen Hughes uses in its business model? Sure. I mean, we assess all fire safety, security, emergency management situations through risk frameworks. A a very popular way to assess risk is through probabilistic risk assessments, but we also have many other tools to assess and analyze. And I would say the frameworks are essentially the same, but then the inputs and the loss uh, calculations and data can be a little bit different based on our field, but I would say it's generally the same. One of the things that really intrigued me about Jensen Hughes is you are very upfront and transparent that you are purpose plus principles. And so I'd like to explore that with you and ask you, how do you put this into a successful business practice? Well, thanks for asking that because it's something that I'm very passionate about as the chief executive officer of the company. Let me just do some table setting 
on who Jensen Hughes is. We are an engineering, consulting, and technology company that makes our world safe, secure, and resilient. And that's our purpose, to make our world safe, secure, and resilient. Our legacy, we're best known for fire protection engineering, but we have many other disciplines like accessibility consulting, risk and hazard analysis, process safety, forensics, security, emergency management, et cetera. Most of them underpinned by digital technology. So we're a tech-enabled company. And we have 1,500 colleagues across the world, and we perform projects in 100 countries. So that's just a little bit about who we are. And you can hopefully get a sense that I'm very proud to lead the company. Our purpose is to make our world safe, secure, and resilient. And we have four principles that we lead the company by and that we live by every day. And that is people, that are clients, our industry, and our performance. So from a people perspective, that comes number one in any type of business. You need to be purpose-led. You need people's hearts and minds connected to everything that we're doing for our clients every day. And you also need a culture of trust and inclusion, which is something that's big in Jensen Hughes. So that's on the people front. On the client front, we just want to be good partners and really understand our clients' objectives. A lot of businesses are too inside out where they think they know what the client wants, but it's way too inwardly focused on the features of the solution. And we're just trying to make sure we're solving for our clients' objectives and we're true business partners to them. On the industry front, one of the things that sets Jensen Hughes apart is the fact that we help shape the standards that make our world safe, secure, and resilient. So we serve on hundreds of technical committees and different industry positions. We're actually helping write the codes and standards. And the last is performance. If we don't have profit, we can't fuel our purpose. So we are performance-oriented, and we are focused on growth because the growth of the business helps advance the purpose of the firm, which is, like I said, to make our world safe, secure, and resilient. Let me go back to your remarks around clients, because what I heard you say was we listen. We listen as well as we can. Then we discuss with our clients and we work together in a collaborative manner. Would that be a fair assessment? 100%, Tom. And there's a tactical acronym that I love to tell the team, but that's called LAIR, L-A-E-R. We listen, acknowledge, explore, and respond. And that's a technique and just a way we conduct our meetings. But we do a lot of listening and we ask questions that really try and get to what keeps people up at night. I mean, if I look in my situation, I have so many people every day that want to pitch a product or software or services to me to do business with Jensen Hughes. And I can't tell you how many people show up to that meeting without background and are just trying to pitch me on all of the features that are included in their product or service. And only those few that come in and really understand us and our journey and ask me some good thought-provoking questions where they can learn, only those few can really get to, well, how do I really make Jensen Hughes a better company and help Raj achieve his objectives as a CEO? That's when I start paying attention. So those are the kinds of things that, that's the headset we take in 
when we we engage with our clients. I was wondering if you could say a few words about Jensen Hughes DEI practice and how you literally incorporate that into your everyday business practices with your employees, but with a wider group of stakeholders as well. Yeah, sure. Well, from a DEI perspective, first of all, we're very heavily focused on that in our strategy as a company. And what our mission is, is to value and celebrate differences amongst our employees and to treat every individual employee fairly. And we want to empower them. We want to empower them to be who they are, right? And not to feel different. And it's all wrapped up in what we call having a sense of belonging. So yes, we have very tactical things that we're doing. We survey our population regularly. We have a council that is formed that focuses on many different areas. We have focus, employee resource groups, but focus groups for celebrating diversity months. You know, every month there's a different type of diversity that's celebrated. But Tom, I would say that it really needs to be embraced and embedded into every single conversation that our employees and leaders have with each other on a daily basis, whether it's peer-to-peer or manager to subordinate kind of discussion or me addressing the entire company, you really got to believe it and you got to weave it into everything that we do on a daily basis. And that's what we're focused on. Could you tell us two or three of the initiatives that you have led at Jensen Hughes that you're most proud of? Company is experiencing quite a bit of growth these days, which is good. And that's been driven by becoming a purpose-led organization. So getting back to what we've said. So improving and taking the culture to the next level is always number one for me. Number two is when the pandemic hit, we strategically pivoted to new offerings and new parts of the market that were growing more heavily. So we shifted focus and that has worked. And we've created a real business development headset in our organization, which is not always easy in an engineering organization. We do a lot of acquisitions. We're private equity backed. So we've acquired some very strong companies across the world that have really been synergistic for us and high growing. And lastly, I would say that we we focus on our quality quite a bit. So as the clear market leader in what we do, your quality is number one, and we've really maintained that, and I would say taking it to the next level. Let me turn now to a little bit more of an ESG focus. And start with where do you see the role of an engineering firm in ESG? So ESG, like all industries, is a big focus in engineering. It's a big focus of Jensen Hughes. And the reason for that is it yields a lot of benefits for our industry's employees, for the clients, as well as investors of our company, shareholders or private investors. And we feel like it's our obligation to help in the mission under ESG. And there's a lot of submissions there. For Jensen Hughes, it's about making the world safe, secure, and resilient. And the good thing is, I don't think environmental topics and social topics and government topics are partisan topics at this point. So that's good. In the past, maybe they have been. But you can't ignore these topics no matter what side of the aisle you're on. So first and foremost, engineering firms and Jensen Hughes focused on the traditional, what can you do internally to 
help aid in the ESG mission. And at Jensen Hughes, like other engineering firms, it's DEI, it's reducing the carbon footprint. We've gotten smarter about our offices and our internal travel, and even ensuring that our suppliers are ISO 14001, which is a qualification for sustainable suppliers. And on the overall governance side, it's about enterprise risk management frameworks and processes. On our side, information security and data privacy is an area we've heavily invested in, being safer from cyber threats. And I don't have to tell anybody in this audience that that's a a real risk. All of this said, for us, it's not good enough to just focus on the internal. We want to focus on external offerings that help our clients' mission, kind of doing well by doing good. And we focus on two big areas, the E, which is really environmental stewardship and decarbonization. You know, in the engineering space, when you think of that, you think of environmental engineering firms, which is great. They have a really big part to play. We specifically are helping aid and enable our clients' ESG missions on the E through helping manage wildfire risk, engineering new energy storage solutions, and safely advancing carbon-free energy like nuclear power. The unique part about us is we're also playing in the S in the ESG, the S and G, but in our security business, we have a practice that does law enforcement consulting, and we're working on helping police departments in need with a community-based approach to policing, which is really driving the S. And we also are do quite a bit of accessibility consulting, which helps ensure compliance in the U.S., as an example, to the Americans with Disability Act, and that's also driving the S. So a long answer, but that's a little bit on how the engineering industry and, and Jensen Hughes are contributing. Raj, Jensen Hughes is the first entity I've seen tied together the concepts, or rather the connection between fire protection and climate change. And there's nothing more basic on ESG, I think, than climate change. But could you kind of walk us through that? Because I found that to be a fascinating connection that I frankly had not fully appreciated. Sure. Well, climate change is causing some very severe losses and incidents on wildfires. We are leading the way in wildfire risk management consulting. And this is the scale and severity present a huge risk across the board, but specifically at the wildfire urban interface where the urban population meets the vegetation. And each one of these losses is averaging eight and a half to ten and a half billion US per event. So that's a real reality check. And the fact of the matter is there's a strong need for fire science and engineering and research across a broad group of stakeholders that doesn't exist today. So the people that are impacted are municipalities, forestry agencies, the power utilities, insurers, and residential and commercial building owners. And historically, there's been an overemphasis on response and not enough on the whole cycle, like I talked about before, like prevention response, recovery, and not to be critical, but there's also a very confused insurance market. So where we come in is we work across 
the value chain, we help model wildfires. We assess utility hazard and fire risk, which is a big one. And then we do vulnerability assessments, climate and weather and fire impact analysis and vegetation plan management and emergency response. So that's one example. Another example is on energy storage. I'm a Texan. I'm always interested in energy storage. (laughs) Well, there are several factors at play, but the major one's a drive for renewable energy. And on top of that, there's power grid peak shaving, electrical load stability, and the desire for energy independence. So all of that, the market is turning to energy storage solutions. And at the heart of energy storage solutions are batteries that harvest the energy. That battery technology today is lithium ion battery, and they're everywhere. And they continue to get, even though there's talk of new technologies, these batteries, lithium ion batteries are being deployed everywhere and will be for a long time. That's from like power packs for mobile devices to large scale um, battery farms. And they present some very unique challenges and hazards. They can overheat and off gas and cause what we call thermal runaway. But the result of that is air contamination, fire, and the big one is explosion. And I'm sure folks have heard about explosions happening with these batteries. And that's because there could be defects or improper design and installation and just overcharging. And where we come in is we help owners, insurers, integrators, manufacturers, authorities, like fire marshals from start to finish with design assessments, training, origin and cause on explosions and fires that are happening, but also electrical safety, security, and emergency response. So we've, for example, provided these types of services for the two largest energy storage sites in the U.S. over the last 12 months. It's just a really big and growing thing, which is a good thing, but we need to make sure that these assets are safe. Raj, you have articulated in some detail the E and the S, but frankly, I'm hearing a lot in the G as well. You mentioned cyber, mentioned police response, certainly in the energy storage. I'm hearing a lot of governance that Jensen Hughes brings to its consulting practice as well. Effectively, our whole building, our business is a G. So we ensure governance and compliance to codes and standards and we assure risk management, which is all the G. So it's like our whole business is the G, and we have specialty offerings that help with environmental stewardship, decarbonization, which is the E, and then healthy communities and societal well-being. Raj, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I was wondering if anyone wanted more information on Jensen Hughes or any of the topics we've touched on in this podcast, what would be the best place they could go? There's two places. One is our website, which is www.jensenhughes.com. And the other is our LinkedIn channel, which is simply our company's name, Jensen Hughes. Those are two great places to find information. Raj, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. I have greatly enjoyed this. As you know, I have two KPIs around podcasts. How much did I learn and how much fun did I have? And you scored 11 on both. So I hope we can at some point continue this conversation. Well, thanks for making my day. And I appreciate for you having me and for those who listen. And be safe, everyone.